0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Save the Kids podcast. It's your one-stop shop for raising kids in this tech-heavy world. We bring on professionals and experts to give you all the tools you need to help your kids become fire-breathing warriors that have the strength to break out of the mold society has put them in. At the end of the day, we're all here for one reason, to help save some kids. I'm your host, Nate Webb. Let's get to it. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Save the Kids podcast. It's your host, Nate Webb, live in studio, Salt Lake City area, and we got a show for you today. Uh, We're all concerned about how our kids are being affected nowadays by so many different factors, social media, life in general, and the things they are experiencing. Kids can have some big emotions. And so today, we're going to be talking with an expert on the matter. Um, Dr. Lee, Dr. Lee, wow, Dr. Emily um, Basha Basha. There we go. Is an author and licensed psychologist with a private practice in Scottsdale, Arizona, an expert witness in criminal immigration and civil courts. She's worked on high profile cases covering issues of domestic terrorism, capital offenses, first degree murder, a whole lot of crazy stuff. Um, Dr. Basha was awarded the Society for Psychological Study of Social Issues Policy Fellowship. Um And served within the American Psychological Association's Public Interest um, Government Relations Office in Washington, D.C. A frequent expert guest on media, Dr. Basha clinically specializes in mental illness, personal and collective trauma, addiction, grief and loss, as well as family and personal re- and relationship dynamics. So welcome. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much, Nate, for having me.
0: So first off, how the heck are you? How are you doing today?
1: Doing well. You know, I have a two and a half year old. She's going to oh. be starting preschool this week. So oh I have to say, on like the top list of my stressors. And yeah, oh, I feel like that anxiety. Um, I have
0: a I have I a two and a half year old, kids old kids also kids. who turns oh, three wow. in November. He's not heading into preschool yet. He's going next year. But I have a five year old heading into full day kindergarten oh, in wow. a couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. He's our oldest. We're like, holy smokes. Um, where are you coming at us from? <laughs>
1: so i'm in scottsdale arizona oh
0: and, are you uh, melting is it it so, is very hot i uh, I, is, I, I have family know, in mesa plays. and it's Sorry. just like what like okay it's, it's beautiful arizona is great but like mm-hmm. i've been in alabama and oklahoma during the summers when i used to like knock door to door and sell pest control and that was like it's hot and i'm melting and it's wet arizona hot is like opening up the oven door while you're baking cookies and your face gets burnt except you don't get any cookies afterwards like it's just dry hot and like i live in utah but still arizona's just hot how hot has it gotten this summer for you guys
1: yeah we were reaching like 117 no nope, i'm yeah gone. yeah nope, it's very, bye. very hot <laughs>
0: holy smokes
1: It is referred to as an oppressive heat for a reason. Yeah, you guys get
0: the the notices of it is too hot. Stay indoors if possible. Keep your (laughs) AC on, but not so high. It will die because it's too hot.
1: Exactly. Goodness.
0: Stay (laughs) inside. No school today. You have a heat day. Utah gets snow days. Arizona gets heat days. Do do you really? I'm joking, but does that happen?
1: It does, yeah. A couple times this summer, APS was controlling our air conditioning unit to prevent us from making it cooler, so that there isn't a power failure. Oh my
0: gosh! <laughs> so well, it is well, it is bless a your soul. Glad you're not burning to a crisp right now. Um, so how I'm glad you my background
1: on- is Middle Eastern. <laughs> 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 Somehow, in there genetically, I could kind of endure. You're like I can
0: take it. Okay,
1: extreme <laughs> temperatures. So, um, but- you know, but just from a psychological perspective, it's really interesting. There's research to say that seasonal affective disorder typically would affect people living in very cold temperatures because they can't leave their houses. Right. Um, but in Arizona or places where they do endure extreme heat temperatures that we see the seasonal affective depression and mental health issues also occurring for people because they're just not going outside they're not socializing as much uh feeling more lethargic and- it almost be
0: worse because it looks fantastic like there's palm trees it's sunny and then like nope can't go out there you will die of, of death of heat stroke don't touch it it's like oh but it looks so nice versus like you know bad days in utah is just dark and dreary and blah outside You're like i don't want to go outside i don't, I don't even want to go there Man.
1: <laughs> yes, my daughter is very familiar with the term hot hot don't touch hot. <laughs>
0: hot hot yes so okay so how did you end up in this space you know as a very established psychologist um doing all these different things how did you end up in this space what's your story here lay it on us
1: Yeah, it's a fascinating story. Uh, Paul and I, we do cover uh, my path in our book. Um, His path, he comes at it as a political expert. He was the former mayor of Phoenix serving two terms. Um, And I'm coming at it more from the social psychological perspective. And really the primary issue is both of us became very concerned about growing extremism nationally and Mm. globally. And uh, both of our work um, his on the political level more mine on the psychological level, uh, we were looking historically at genocides and political persecution and acts of terrorism. And um, with my work that I do in forensics, I was really able to go inside of the mind of a perpetrator or an offender or an abuser um, to really understand like, what are those critical building blocks that uh, makes a person uh, to commit such uh, atrocious human rights abuses right. and how how do they rationalize it in their mind and condone it as seeing it as something that is just or necessary. Um, we also write about my family's escape from p- a political and religious persecution being Jews in Iraq um, and uh, how they escaped
0: I imagine Uh, that's not easy being in a a country that, I mean, full of all sorts of, you know, wonderful, wonderful, also a lot of very extremist people.
1: Yeah, and they weren't always parents. We we've looked back at our generation. They've been there for Jews have been in Babylon since 500 B.C. We have a long history of uh, being Arab. We're Arab Jews. And that that was our home. Uh, but to see like neighbors, business partners, your peers at school, um, just all of a sudden turn on you. Um, there, there was this indoctrination and radical- radicalization into this more political extremism with the rise of the Baath Party and Saddam Hussein. Mm. Um, so we're we're seeing those effects happening domestically right now in the U.S. Um, you know, and the concern being linked to how do you prevent extremism? And Paul and I really talk about promoting self-agency, maintaining self-agency. You can do this with children, with youth, with adults, um, but the biggest prevention of those risk factors is securing agency. Mm -hmm. The other thing that Paul and I really unpacked um, was looking at what are the psychological processes that happens right. uh, when one becomes more radicalized or extremist? And what we found is that they're all linked to an ideology and that ideology has a group think process yep. in seeing oneself as a victim and the outsider as an oppressor. And then when you see the outsider as an oppressor, there's this. You start to dehumanize them and objectify them and see them as this outgroup, not necessarily as individuals that you can relate to, um, and that those ideologies become addictive in nature because you can hurt yourself, hurt others that you love, and just become propelled uh, further and further, deeper and deeper in doing things that you would think were unimaginable in the beginning, and it just becomes this right. slope, slope with these push and pull factors.
0: Yeah. Wow. Wow. That is quite the background. And and really though, right now there's such concern for our children. Um, You know, we at Save the Kids, we're all about talking about the dangers of social media and all these different things. But really, you know, as kids are growing up, it's it's really a concern that they might, you know, buy into some sort of extremism, violence, or I mean, politicalness. Yes, we have our agency to choose all that. At the same time though, There's a lot of unkindness within the wings of extremism. And so how can parents learn to identify, understand and prevent, you know, this violent extremism in your in our children? You kind of started to touch on that, but let's dive into that a little bit.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I actually do have this worksheet that Paul and I have worked on together and we publish online. I'm happy to share it with you at the end if that's something that you think could be beneficial for your listeners. And one of the things we talk about um, are the impressionability of youth. And so when you're looking more at adolescents, they're vulnerable, their identities are developing, their brains are still developing, their ability to reason and appreciate long term consequences, and the desire for immediate gratification are all impacted by the fact that their brains are still developing. There's right. newer research, neurological research to show up until like age late, uh, mid to late 20s, the frontal lobe is still developing. So... Which is why prioritizing self agency and individuation, while also balanced with connection, belonging and commitment to something greater than oneself is so crucial for self perspective. And I love that this is part of your mantra. I was reading um, your mission and values uh, before our podcast today, and I really loved that part that you were talking about. Know your child, spend time with them, um, really invest in that relationship, because that's going to be the biggest protective factor um, to preventing any kind of future harm or their vulnerability to be uh, radicalized or recruited by um other people online or other people that they meet throughout their lives that could be right, influences.
0: right. and just for the audience's information a lot of times uh, where this happens where online does this type of stuff happen where they're recruited to some sort of violent extremist action or you know group of unkindness it usually happens on discord specifically Um, where kids are invited to join some sort of extremist group or some way, shape or form where they can communicate and ruminate with all these like thinking people, um, kind of spiral down that group think, um, and it can, it, it can lead to some, some bad things. So yeah, know your kids, right. Talk with them, talk to them about what's out there. Um, now we want to protect our kids, but at the same time, we don't want to just shield them from natural consequences, And so, how can we protect them without disabling them and shielding them too much from these natural consequences? This podcast episode is sponsored by VidAngel. VidAngel is a service that pairs with all your favorite streaming apps and gives you the ability to filter out unwanted content. So you can watch Game of Thrones without the nudity and Stranger Things without the swearing or whatever you want to watch without any of the content that goes against your values. It's only $9.99 a month or $99 a year. Start or stop whenever you'd like, no questions asked. Enter code Bullies Out for one month free, on us. Link to vidangel.com will be in the podcast description. Now, let's get back to the podcast.
1: Yes, there's a lot I want to say about that. Um, so just lay on- it on
0: me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. Um, the first part of what you were talking about, I wanted to agree with you. One of the most prevalent places one is recruited into radical ideology is online Um, and because of the forensic work that i do i often times will ask offenders uh, where they really spent their time or even they were victims of radicalized movements um, and they talked about various chat rooms or online gaming where they're talking with other people Um, social media is also a place that they tend to be influenced socially so Online gamers especially are vulnerable because of these online communications by people who can remain anonymous and conceal their true identities and their agendas through forming bonds via playing online gaming. And the recruiter can ask questions, they can seduce the target through affection or flattery or validation, making them feel really good about themselves, making them feel seen and heard where maybe they don't feel, especially if they're like a victim of bullying or they feel socially awkward, which is a natural part of development. Um, So these.
0: They really play with their psychology. They really do.
1: Absolutely. So as parents, it's important to really know your child and build that relationship, um, help them to create these strong defenses through having self-esteem other buffers and protective factors um, that can protect and shield them but especially not encouraging them to have a victim mentality allow Mm -hmm. them to express and explain what their viewpoints are even if you disagree with them and help them navigate the logic and reasoning for themselves uh, without shaming them Mm -hmm. Um, parents are also important modelers we role model children especially younger ones they absorb so much so right they're little petri
0: dishes sponges man
1: absolutely so i know one of the things that um your your podcast is a strong proponent of is really limiting how much uh, screen time they have or access to smartphones but if parents are there (laughs) on their smartphone at dinner right right if we're being
0: the worst perpetrators it's not going (laughs) to do much difference get off your smartphone so i can take a selfie like (laughs)
1: it's hard i know we have to navigate this and you know i am not perfect either and i'm constantly at battle with myself of thinking okay well what what am i prioritizing today and uh, what could i have done better today so Um, having that self-reflection opportunity is really important. Um, And just knowing what you want to focus on is building strength over safety is something Paul and I um, are very strong advocates of, especially in these different movements that are happening culturally on campuses where safetyism is being promoted over building strength. Um, Mm. And so what we talk about is um, this anti-fragility theory, which is you know, protect and shield your identity. How are we going to do that? It's about encouraging children to really think for themselves, think through situations. Absolutely. Like physical safety is important. Yeah. Testing emotional safety. And um, if they're, if they're being bullied by a mean kid in school, um, maybe giving them the coping, uh, skills and strategies for how they personally can address that person Right. instead of just getting, swooping
0: in and solving it for them.
1: It's so hard. And I battle with this too. Like, I just want to go in and, and protect my daughter, but you know, she, she is her own individual self and she is practicing her skills and we're teaching her to be a good communicator. She's only two and a right,
0: half, right, uh, right? but these
1: are important building blocks. And so trusting your child and trusting that you're um, as a parent giving your children these skills that they can fall back on for the rest of their life is mm. going to be what is going to serve them the best than rather rather than just preventing not having them experience things and being a helicopter right. parent and shielding too much it's hard to do i struggle with that as well um but it, honestly it's a it's a 25 year experiment <laughs> Yeah. in 25 years, whether or not you've done the right thing. But um, there's a lot of research to back up what I'm saying. Right. It'll uh, well, it be hard and, to implement as a parent. I can understand that
0: too. And it is difficult to be a kid right now. There are so yeah. many different like, things pulling at them. They're getting ads on their social media accounts. They're just being pulled so many different ways. They're being influenced in so many different ways. Um, and there's a lot of stress that they experience as the result of our highly politicized news cycle. And I don't know, how can we help them navigate that stress as they experience the polar politicization of everything in their life?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, helping them to develop their self-interest, really taking an interest, a keen interest in who they're choosing to be, what their personal choices are rather than what's imposed by authority or parental figures, um, and really helping them to discover their own true self. Uh, So radicalization and extremism groups really prey upon these natural insecurities Uh, of adolescence. And so what you want to do is also build that strength within them. So that's going to be the biggest protective buffer. So many kids feel out of place, they're frustrated, they go through depression, anxiety, feeling misunderstood. Um, Suicidal ideation can be a part of that mix um, that makes them vulnerable to the idea that someone else is responsible for their discontent. Um, So Paul and I, you know, say once that hate speech starts becoming internalized, and they see this outside group as um, the reason that they're feeling oppressed, or the reason that they're feeling angry, um, and maybe solutions just become oversimplified for them. These are some of the danger dangerous pitfalls to their vulnerability and. Mm -hmm. We also write about this, pushing them more towards violence Mm -hmm. Um, and and that extremist ideology um, can help propel them in that direction. So that's what we really want to prevent. Parental punitive responses often create the sense of shame and blame that leads to anger. And then there are these you were talking about these political extremist groups. So you've got the alt-right or the politically correct authoritarians. They're very eager to exploit this. So in a world of conspiracy theories, which (laughs) is our world that we live in today, and alternative facts, you know, a commonly held theory is that individuals radicalize because they were seduced by fact distorting misinformation.
0: So the solution
1: for this, yeah, would be to create this equal force of credible sources and community leaders that really undercut these radical ideas um, and these biases that are happening, these extreme distorted perceptions of the world. Um, but as we have seen, scientific data and legitimate sources have really little impact on affecting the mindset of individuals, especially if they've already become radicalized. So there's a whole nother set of recommendations that Paul and right. I put if that's the case for your your kid or youth.
0: And I feel like the, the, our, our mainstream media does a really good job at just polarizing ourselves against each other. Like mm-hmm. if a kid grows up in a conservative home, they're kind of being trained by the media to think that if someone is liberal, they're your enemy and vice versa. If someone grows up liberal, they're trained to think if someone's conservative, they are a bigot and they are your enemy, just like polarizing us against each other.
1: Mm-hmm. And so,
0: you know, protecting them from that is really, really important and something we need to do a better job as grown-ups. Um, to stop polarizing everything we see on TV and then internalizing that projecting that into our kids, um, because that's kind of where we're training them to be mean to each other <laughs> when we do that, when we're talking about all oh, those, those darn liberals or that yeah, conservative like that, that's you're training them to be mean to people without even meeting them. Um, and that's that's on us parents. We need to stop that and. Um, and that's uh, that is difficult. Um, yeah, now, that, I'll go I'm for sorry. it yeah. no, you're good, I was you're good. gonna
1: say, like, I mean, that clearly begs the question, everything that you were just saying is how do we promote this ego strength right. in ourselves as parents and in our children? Um, so Paul and I have written about this. um we we talked about this idea of scaffolding, which is the correct way to approach kind of the balance between attachment styles and this Mm. anti-fragility. So we push the the youth or the children to the farthest extent of their ability at a young age, while then increasingly allowing their independence and promoting trust in them. Mm. So all of us as a parent want our children to be safe, but this has to be balanced with the ability to develop an innovative, creative human being that has a moral compass and
0: making them do hard things. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And social emotional awareness. And that is a component of intelligence Mm -hmm. and they have to have the courage to pursue their passions and find their own way. So we created an acronym called tripled. Hmm. Um, So Paul's An entrepreneur. So he's very big on, like, okay, triple your investment as a parent. Okay, let's go with (laughs) that. But this is to help parents uh, design the way that they think about raising their child and promoting their child's agency. So it's not always easy. uh, And it takes time and love and dedication and consistency, which we know is very important with parenting. So, triple the first one is truth. So this is. Trust and truth we see is really being interconnected. So, really trusting your child to find their own truth, and that's finding their own path. R is for respect, respect the rights of every individual, including your children's individuation from you. Um, And I is that independence, and that independence comes from strength. P is for purpose, finding meaning and purpose are key to a valuable life, not necessarily pursuit of happiness. And L is for love and kindness, which you were talking about before. And E is for engaged participation and collaboration, the sense that we belong to each other in the shared humanity. And D is to deliver, you know, do what you say and what you're committed to and really show others that you can be relied upon. I love that. Accountability. Mm
0: -hmm. Man, tripled, man. Yeah, I hope you guys took note on that. That was that 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 was really cool. Um, and that's something I like I like it when we can just have resources, have things that we can do to try and improve instead of like just another thing to follow, one more thing to add on the paralyzing weight of what I should do as a parent. Like parenting's hard. We can it, guys. It's hard, but we are trying to prepare we're not trying to scare we're trying to help give you some tools to navigate this because guys having kids is no joke okay um even though my oldest is only five i'm also a high school counselor and for the past four years i've been you know over like 350 kids at our local high school and yeah teenagers are difficult let me tell you um Mm -hmm. but at the same time they need so much love and support so Mm -hmm. much and even though some days you want (laughs) to rip your hair out because they're so difficult It's okay, mom and dad. You're doing okay. You're not ruining your kid, but we can always improve. And that's what we're trying to help everyone to do. This has been so amazing. I love talking to you and I hope you it sparked some interest in some people. Um, How can people see what you are up to? What's going on? Shameless plug time. Let's hear it.
1: Okay. well, our book, Addictive Ideologies, Finding Meaning and Purpose When Politics Fails You is um, online. You can purchase it on Amazon. We also have audio books that Paul and I, um uh dictate so you can find that um anywhere online and we do have these worksheets that I've been referencing it's also on the optimistic american you can find them under a worksheets tab within the podcast uh, we do have separate podcasts that that have branched out from different themes from our book, um, and so that could be something that could equally be um, add additional resources uh, for people and parents awesome. looking to improve their lives, their children's lives, Ooh. their community.
0: And all of that will be linked in the podcast description. So okay. please go and check them out. They are amazing and they're truly helping people out. Um, thank you everybody for listening to this week's episode of the Save the Kids podcast. If you would like Save the Kids to come to your church, community event, whatever it might be, fill out a speaker form linked in the podcast description so we can come to your community. Make sure to go follow us on Instagram at Save the Kids Inc. So you can stay informed and in the know of this ever-changing tech-heavy world. And if you haven't already, go give us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcast. It helps more people to find us. It truly takes a village. Thanks so much for caring for your kids. And always remember, you are wonderful, you are worthy, and you are worth it. Go home and give your kids an eight-second hug, and we'll see you on the next one.